are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, fresh off another ASU win over the Colorado Buffaloes. Today we're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and then the game ball. So many facets to the game that went well for ASU. Uh, they played a solid four quarters, which we'll kind of dive into all that and talk about everything that went well. Still things that can be improved on. Uh, we still have a couple areas that we need to, to improve before we get into some of the UCLA's and UC, USC's. And we'll also give out some game balls. So we'll identify a couple players on either side of the ball that we really, really feel stood out and led this ASU team to a victory. And with that, we're going to get into the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, starting with our first segment. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Connor Drios, at Cedrios. And you can find my co-host, Richie Bradshaw, at Richie Brads with a Z, 36. Make sure to follow our Twitter page, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Audacity, wherever you get your podcasts. Richie, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good coming off a weekend where my college football team won, my pro football team won, and I have a chance to go 2-0 and in my fantasy teams. So feeling pretty good, Mr. Connor, but obviously more importantly is that Arizona State football win. Arizona State had a win in Tempe, just as we predicted. Pretty good outcome in terms of the overall stats. When watching the game, I'm, I'm, we'll still get into some of the things that could have been improved on in the second segment. But let's at least kick it off with the good. I'm going to start with our defensive backs. We absolutely locked down Colorado's receiving core as a whole. Uh, Brendan Lewis only had 67 passing yards uh, with a high uh, of 26 receiving yards to an individual receiver. Get this. I found this little nugget on Twitter. ASU is the only school in the FBS to average less than 100 passing yards given up per game at 93.3. That truly is just like an absolutely insane stat for you to wrap your head around. So what I will tell you, take it with a grain of salt. We haven't really played a pass-heavy team yet. But in the, in the same token, you have put up pretty solid leads on the vast majority of the teams that you face, with the exception being BYU. And those teams that you have the lead on haven't been able to successfully move the ball on you. And you can attribute that to the secondary with how strong that they've played this year. Chase Lucas and Jack Jones have lived up to the hype. You have uh, DeAndre Pierce has stepped up. Evan Fields has looked good. There's all sorts of guys who are just playing out of their mind right now and making this defense incredibly difficult to pass the ball on. It's helping out the rest of the defense, too. The, the run defense has improved quite a bit from what we have seen. And the pass rush is able to get a little more time to get home because the coverage is holding up. You get that extra second, two seconds, sometimes even three seconds that the quarterback has to throw or hold onto the ball onto, excuse me. And it makes life a lot easier for that pass rush. So what the secondary is able to do in limiting the passing opportunities that opponents have has been absolutely massive. And it's helped Arizona State to continue maintaining big leads late in games. It's part of why we have one of the best second-half defenses in all college football. So, yeah, that was the, the secondary playing very well. 
Um, I do want to highlight uh, one of my bold predictions for this game. I said that three receivers were going to have at least 60 receiving yards or more in this game, which hasn't happened at all this season. Uh, but it did, which was LV Monkley Shelton, Johnny Wilson, and Rashad White. We talk a lot about Andre Johnson and Ricky Pearsall. Ideally, like we want them to be the number one and two receiver. At least we think they have the upside to be. Monkley Shelton and Johnny Wilson showed out in this game with 76 and 70 yards respectively. So it's nice to at least see some of that depth playing. So if you have an Andre Johnson who's being covered or a Ricky Pearsall who just can't get open or at least create enough after the play, having other guys step up is at least nice to have that depth. So you're not relying on just one guy per se. Yeah, and Jaden looked pretty good. He didn't turn the ball over. He went 8 of 25 for 236 yards, and he was able to get his guys more involved in the passing game. You had three guys that eclipsed 70 yards or more through the air, all three of them with at least 14 yards per catch. Rashad White had a touchdown reception from Ricky Pearsall on a trick play that went 30 yards. How excited are you for that trick play? Oh, you know I was excited. I, uh, I was actually... With a buddy of ours and his wife at uh, Bubba's 33 or whatever it is. It's a restaurant at, uh, just all over Arizona. Delicious. But they, when they were in that trick play and Pearsall kind of runs around and I'm sitting there, I'm like, I am all for this right now. And then he threw the ball and it was a touchdown. And I was like, yep, I was absolutely all about that. My heart sank a little bit because it felt like that ball hung up there just a little bit going all the way back. It, really just crossed the line of scrimmage so they didn't get anything just on the pass. It was all uh, it was all Rashad White after that creating. Uh, but I don't know how you couldn't get hyped after that play. Well, and what was funny is I've, I've previously mentioned that I don't really like seeing us get too cute or anything like that. But the, the situation felt right. It didn't feel forced. It felt like this would have been the perfect opportunity to try and get creative or cute, depending on your perspective of that kind of play call and it worked and it was really exciting to see. Now, obviously if it doesn't work out, then you criticize it, but it did work out. And I was very, very pleased with the result, obviously, because it resulted in a touchdown. He almost had that other catch on that wheel route. Yes, um, he and did. unfortunately he just, he heard footsteps. I, it, the camera panned to the audience and you could see all the ASU mm-hmm. fans just disappointed. They didn't pick that up. But at the same time, I mean, that was so bang, bang. Should he have probably caught that ball? Yes, but at the same time, you knew a big hit was coming, and it's just it's just human reaction, so it was what it was. Yeah, totally. But Ricky Pearsall, even though it wasn't big on the stat sheet for him this week, once again provided the spark on the offense that he is continually giving us week in and week out. So definitely want to highlight Ricky Pearsall on the good list. Jumping back, because we did go on a little bit of a tangent there with Ricky, I want to I want to give a lot of credit to Jaden because Jaden played an exceptionally good game through the air, but he also was great on the ground. He didn't take any sacks, which means that the rushing stats that we have in the box score are the true stats. So he rushed seven times for 75 yards and two touchdowns. He has totally looked like a different quarterback this year in terms of being able to move the ball with his legs, where in years past, he's been smart with his legs and almost a little too passive where he would slide down too early and not get you all the yards that you were hoping he would get this year. He's being aggressive. He's being smart, aggressive. So he's not throwing his body around, but he's not afraid to take on a little bit of contact and get those extra yards. And this was another great example of it. This week was when Jaden was able to take off and create with his legs. And 
that aspect of his game is going to be absolutely massive for the Sun Devils moving forward and is going to make this offense a lot more well-rounded and allow the passing attack to stay potent because you have to respect Daniel's ability to break the pocket and create yards with his legs. It really is just a boon to this offense that, I mean, Arizona State hasn't had something like this since Manny Wilkins, and even though Manny wasn't that long ago, Jaden feels like, I was ta- I was talking to my dad about this, I was like, Jaden feels like a more exciting Manny Wilkins. And I feel like that's like a perfect comparison for him. For our old-time Sun Devil fans, my dad compared him to junior year Jake Plummer, and obviously I'm not super familiar with Jake. So what my dad explained to me was Jake's junior year, he was inconsistent. There were times where he was spectacular, and there were times where he left you wanting more. Before Jake went to a senior year and took Arizona State to a Rose Bowl that they ultimately lost. But if that's a trajectory that Jaden is on, then I'm here for it. But Jaden is really starting to come into his own as a mobile quarterback, and it's going to take Arizona State into higher and better places. A couple other things to touch on. Um, ASU's offense in terms of overall output has been very consistent. They've had over 400 yards of offense in every single game this year. Uh, Another little nugget for you. Daniel Nagata has had 33 touches this year. I think it's 32 rushing attempts and one uh, catch. At least 50%. uh, He had a couple other touches, I think, later in the game. But at that time, later in the third quarter, 50% of his touches so far this season have gone for either a first down or a touchdown. Um, So even if he is just the third guy off the bench, um, he is at least making big plays when he needs to. And then in the third quarter, uh, they had scored a touchdown to make it 10 to 14. And it just felt at that time, it's like, what are we doing here, guys? We had talked all week about how we really thought this game was going to be further apart. And the second half ASU team came to play. They made their adjustments and they just stepped on the gas and never looked back after that. Once it got to four points, that was the closest that game was. And they really put it away after that. Yeah, I was going to say the defense absolutely slammed the door. So in typical ASU fashion, there was a couple drives where you're sitting there and you're like, this defense is getting taken behind the woodshed. But when push came to shove, the defense ended up coming out and slamming the door shut, like I said, and showing out and making us proud and reminding us that this was the defense that we had all anticipated seeing all year. I think we as fans get very guilty of dwelling on the bad parts of a game more than celebrating the good parts. Because I know that a lot of my family will sit there and be like, man, ASU really looked bad. I can't believe this. And then you look at the box score and it's like, we won 35-13. We held them under 100 passing yards. We only gave up one touchdown. We did really, really good. And if you watch the game, there's a lot more good than bad. And I think that we need to start recognizing the good a little more. Let, let me ask you this. Okay. We wanted this to be a statement win. Was this the statement win you thought it was going to be? I would tell you no. But at the same time, you got to remember what we talk about all week going into this. Herm is 0-1 to start Pac-12 play in his first three years. So what does he do? He gets a big win at home. And he wins by 22. So call it what you want. Maybe they should have won by 25. Maybe they should have won by 28. So I would have won my lunch bet. Maybe they should have won by 30 or 40. But 22 is three possessions. 22 is an impressive win. 
and ASU scored five touchdowns offensively. So you just you got to take your wins where you can get them. And this is this is a big win for ASU. So is it the statement we were hoping for? No. Was it a statement win? Yes. Sure. You don't come off this thinking it was just an absolutely terrible win. I, I can't believe the only won by, what, 22? It just You hope to carry that momentum going into UCLA this week. We did want to highlight DJ Taylor, who had another big week. Yes. Uh, he is just absolutely explosive. Not that he was the missing piece in the BYU game. Uh, not that he was back and healthy. I, I mean, he's just so explosive. And you just feel, with him on your side... You feel like he's always going to take at least one back to the house every game. Dude, and I'll tell you what. So remember the first week against Southern Utah, we highlighted that special teams flaws were going to be the death of this team. And since then, special teams is beginning to look like a strength. Ziplicki, the punter, is looking like he could be an All-American this year. Now that Zendejas is back kicking for Arizona State, you feel more confident in being able to score through the majority of the field. And now DJ Taylor and occasionally Rashad White bring you that spark as return men. So what started out the year as very alarming and a big red flag looks like it could be one of the core strengths of the team moving forward. We'll see about a strength. It at least doesn't feel like a weakness. Um, Zende House didn't get a chance to kick in this game. And it, you really haven't been put in a situation where you have to make this game time or game winning kick. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to be in that situation. I don't want to know if, if we have what it takes to make those kicks. If we do, that's great. I want to be able to win our games by a heck of a lot more and not be in that situation altogether. Uh, but after the first week, where you need to, to make quite a few bit of adjustments. Um, it definitely feels like over the last three weeks they've made those, and it at least doesn't feel like so much of a weakness. Yep, so uh, definitely want to see what he can do as a field goal kicker, but going 5-for-5 five five on extra points is incredibly important in College football, where the kicking landscape is terrible. Just ask the Clemson Tigers. Oh, did they lose this weekend? Was it was it on a kick? That game was overall just very embarrassing for the special teams unit. But it just kind of is what it is. College kickers. We talk about it every week. It's just an evergreen tweet that you'll see. is just college kickers, LOL. I know I tweet it all the time. But we got to take these guys and remember they're worth their weight in gold. So we can't take any kicker for granted, especially a guy like Zendejas who provides a really good form of stability for you. That is an extended segment of the good from this weekend against Colorado. Next, we're going to get into a little bit more of the bad, or at least what we feel like could have been improved for the Sun Devils as they head into UCLA. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Price Picks? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. PrizePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. PrizePix offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use the promo code will receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON. You pick two to five players and an over-under on the projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron, combined with the under on Mahomes, and the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON 
or go to the App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And we're back with our next segment for the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. They might have won 35 to 10, but that doesn't mean there's still not things that we can talk about that the Sun Devils need to do to improve, especially going to Pasadena next week against UCLA. Richie, what stood out to me, we still had seven penalties. This is going to be a season-long topic for us, unfortunately. Seven, which is a heck of a lot better than the week before where we had 16. But still, seven penalties, and even Herm Edwards himself is backing that up. The good teams are getting closer to four or five penalties a game. And I will say, not all penalties are created equal. In this case, we had at least two that accounted Jack Jones, and I don't remember the other DB. But we had two defensive pass interference calls uh, where they got beaten coverage, and instead of giving up the big play for at least a huge gain or maybe even a touchdown, they decided to, to cause a DPI, which, end of the day, is much better. So realistically, maybe you had closer to those five penalties, but then maybe some of your corners are getting beat a little bit. We did just hype them up and they did a great job in the first segment, uh, but they definitely made the right choice at least taking the defensive pass interference instead. Yeah, like you said, this unfortunately is going to be a light, or not a lifelong, a season-long topic. I hope not a lifelong or lifelong topic. I mean, if you think about the Dennis Erickson era and even Todd Graham had some issues with it, this does seem to be a lifelong issue with the Sun Devils, but at, at least for this year, it seems like the penalties are going to be something that we have to learn to live with, which is what I mentioned on the last podcast. Is it just it's going to be a necessary evil that we're going to have to come to terms with because while we're going to put up points and we're going to look good a lot of the time, there's just going to be boneheaded penalties that just seem like they're facts of life at this point. But this game was no different. They were quite a bit more disciplined, and I was definitely impressed by only seven penalties which still not ideal, but that's a huge, huge step in the right direction. So definitely want to see them continue to try and clean up little ticky-tacky things. But like you said, not all not all penalties are created equally. When it, when it comes to pass interference penalties, I would so much rather my corner absolutely yank you down than, they, than, they, than to get beat for a touchdown because it's only a 15-yard penalty in college. So... I'm I am more than okay with the penalties that they decided to take in the pass interference category. Yep, absolutely. Uh, we do need to talk about Darian Butler. Uh, he had a, a pretty solid game. He had seven total tackles, and three of those were solo. He did, however, suffer what looked to be an arm injury uh, on a tackle where he got hit by his own player in Evan Fields. He was down on the ground for a little while and then never made it back into the game. Uh, but there is no injury update yet from what I'm seeing. I'm sure we'll get some more information later on uh, Monday. So with that being said, if you did lose a guy like Darian Butler going to UCLA, the heart and soul of your defense, if you're missing him and potentially still Chase Lucas, that's that's a big loss going into a big game against UCLA. Oh my God, it's a massive loss. Darian Butler is playing his way, as we have mentioned, into discussion for Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. The way that he's been performing, I mean, we could even talk about All-American status. Losing Darian Butler would be devastating, especially going into a UCLA game where you have to go up against Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who's one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks this side of the Mississippi. That is a huge loss. So I will tell you right now, I'm not comfortable against UCLA. I am even less comfortable going to Pasadena. I would be entirely unconfident in this defense 
without Darian Butler there. So hopefully this ends up not being something that takes him out of the game or severely slows him down. Agreed. So this is another example where we have an Arizona State Sun Devils team playing extremely well in the second half. Namely the defense, because the offense, as we had talked about last week on a separate podcast, the offense has been very consistent. Scoring hasn't really been an issue first or second half. The defense, again, buckled down. So we are continually seeing them being able to make adjustments later in the game. But what if they dig themselves into too big of a hole? What, what At that point, what adjustments you're not going to be able to make? In this case, they weren't even in a hole. They were up, I want to say it was 14-3 to going into halftime, and then... Colorado scored to make it a 10 to 14 game. So what happens now if they're down to UCLA and they have to make those adjustments? We're still not seeing a great first half team out of the Sun Devils. Yeah, and you just can't afford to dig yourself into a hole. So while the defense in the second half is very impressive, like we mentioned, those those drives that the opposing offenses will get that just seem so sustained and just churning out time, churning out first downs, grinding the defense and making them tired, you got to be able to limit those kind of drives because now you're going to get into the meat of your schedule and you're going to start finding offenses that are able to absolutely wipe you out. And UCLA is the first of many. So we did hype up Jaden Daniels in terms of his overall play, but he only has, I believe it's two passing touchdowns on the year. You have to take a quarterback's overall production, in this case, his passing and rushing work. That being said, if Jaden Daniels still cannot get it done with his arm, in the scenario that we had just talked about, they could potentially be down to UCLA in the first half, and now they have to rely on Jaden Daniels' ability to pass the ball. If they can't rely on him to do that, they're going to be in some trouble. Yeah, so here's the thing. is Jaden has been effective through the air. He's completing north of 70% of his passes. His worst game in terms of pass completion percentage was 69% against UNLV. And he he threw two touchdowns in that game. It, it was a stellar game. And the rest of the time, he's he's been effective, but he hasn't been a difference maker. So those two touchdowns he threw against UNLV, those are the only two touchdowns he's thrown on the season. So in four games, he has three games with zero passing touchdowns. And for what it's worth against BYU, he threw two interceptions. Overall, if, if you are a good team inside the red zone, we really don't care how the touchdowns happen. If every time the Sun Devils, and not necessarily every time, but if at a high percentage clip, the Sun Devils get into the red zone and they're scoring whether it's through the air or on the ground, we don't necessarily care. But now you just got a kick and you need to have a game-winning drive. You're down seven or eight points, but you're on your own 25-yard line and there is a minute and change left. Now I'm not nearly as comfortable. And it's not so much that I'm comfortable with a lot of guys in that situation, but now we have to pick up chunk yards again through the air. And we're just still waiting to see Jaden Daniels at least just continue to develop. And I feel like it's at least been there. You talked about his efficiency. He's been very efficient through the air. So as as long as I will at least just say, if we're not watching those scenarios play out, if we're not in a situation where we have to come back down a, a possession or whatever it is late in the game and have to see Jaden Daniels do it with his arm, it's at least going to be a question mark for us. Once he can start to do that and we see it, then well, well, I will specifically have more confidence in him. 100%. So at, at the end of the day, I just want to be able to see him get into the end zone a little more often through the air. So if he's scoring touchdowns, then fine, so be it. I'm not asking him to throw 40 touchdowns, but I'm asking him to throw more than two in four games and essentially more than you know zero in three games. Agreed. 
So now we'll get into our last segment. We'll talk about the game balls on either side of the ball and talk about who gets the credit for the Sun Devils win. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Hey guys, Richie Bradshaw here, here to talk to you about something that makes us all a little bit uncomfortable, and that is professive sweating. There are a few things in life that are worse than just sweating right through your clothes, especially when it comes to things like speaking in public, a job interview, an important date, or anything and everything in between. Sweating is no fun, but I'm here to tell you that there is a solution, and it's called Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor-created and doctor-recommended and works up to seven days per use. It's dry shirt guaranteed. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Sweatblock is manufactured in the USA and has been a bestseller on Amazon for the last 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. In fact, right now, it's Amazon's number one antiperspirant category product. So here's what you do. Put it on at night. And then the next morning when you wake up, wash it, go about your day, and no more worrying about having any profusive sweat guaranteed. I can tell you guys that living in Arizona is absolutely miserable during the summers and we all sweat right through our clothes. I know I do, which is why I love sweat blocks so much. It makes me a lot more comfortable in my own skin knowing that my clothes aren't going to reek and look like I just have pit stains for days. So make sure that you go to sweatblock.com and get yourself an absolute game changer and more confidence in yourself. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Have you been looking for a great tasting protein bar but have absolutely no idea where to start? Don't aimlessly wander around the store or up and down the aisles trying to just find whatever looks good. Trust us and buy Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and even salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. You want to know what my favorite is? Mine's definitely the mint brownie. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you have to get a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net total carbs. A couple of the other flavors also only have 18 grams of protein, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and then 5 grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we're back with our last segment talking about game balls for ASU. Who's going to take one of these bad boys home? We'll at least get into it. I'll kick us off. I'm going to take one of the easier picks. He is a staple of the game ball segment every time the Sun Devils win, uh, even uh, in their one loss against BYU, but it's going to be Rashad White. He wasn't incredibly efficient on the ground last week. Uh, He only had 37 total yards and averaged 3.4 yards on the ground, but still came away with a touchdown. It's just always through the air. If you had to pick one safety blanket for this team, it's it's going to be Rashad White. Jaden Daniels is always looking for him, and he had 5 for 70 through the air, uh, averaged 14 yards, and then another touchdown to the air as well. Even when Chip Trainum comes back, Rashad White is going to be the starter on this team, and he's not going to be leaving the field. He's just so valuable in all facets of the game. Yeah, White is just an absolute playmaker, whether it's on the ground or through the air, and he showed the, he showed both of that against Colorado. Now I'm going to be nice and boring for the other game ball. We're going to give it to Jaden Daniels. Jaden was nothing short of efficient. 18 of 25 through the air for 236 yards, and then he tallied 75 more yards on the ground on seven carries 
for two rushing touchdowns. So Jaden accumulated over 300 yards of offense and two touchdowns, 10.7 per attempt, 13.3 per completion. So Jaden was nothing short of terrific during this game. You would pick the guy who touches the ball every snap. It's not my fault that he's good. I'll go ahead and then take Kyle Soley, a guy that does not get a ton of recognition on this defense. In terms of your linebackers, Merlin Robertson and Darian Butler are definitely two of the bigger ones to highlight. But Kyle Soley just kind of gets left out to dry. But he still had a great game. He hit was third in tackles with six. Four of those solos had a half sack uh, and then two TFLs. So even though he might be playing cleanup duty for some of your other linebackers, Kyle Soley is still all over the field and is still a staple in the Sun Devils defense. Yeah, and I'll highlight Joe Moore. So Moore definitely stepped up for this defensive line, considering all the losses that we've been taking throughout the year. He's a redshirt freshman, 6'4", 250 pounds. This is his big breakout game. He had two tackles and a sack and a half on the game. So this is his first primetime action. Not not so much primetime. This is his first big action of the season and in general for the Sun Devils because he didn't play at all last year. So he showed out. He had a big game, and here's hoping that he can continue to build on that towards the future. A couple other guys I want to highlight before we get out of here. Darian Butler obviously had seven tackles. Merlin Robinson led the team with nine tackles. DeAndre Pierce played well. Evan Gentry played well. And then you also had on the offense, LV Bunkley-Shilton, Johnny Wilson, top 70 receiving yards each. Daniel Nagata continues to look really good on the ground. Both Bunkley-Shelton and Johnny Wilson did a lot after the catch as well. So it was just nice to see that they're able to create a ton with the ball in their hands. So it wasn't so much just hitting a deep shot, and that was that. Uh, but both, uh, again, Bunker Shelton and Wilson just being very aggressive after they've made that catch, fighting for that extra yardage. I just want to correct myself real quick. It's Eric Gentry, not Evan Gentry. So I apologize. And that is our uh, just review of the game against Colorado, just the good and the bad, and then the game balls as well. Come back for tomorrow's podcast. We're going to be getting to the new updated AP poll rankings. We'll be looking at some Sun Devils quotes, monitoring some of the injuries as well, and then starting to preview our upcoming game against UCLA. Richie, where can they find us? You can find us everywhere. So subscribe to us through Odyssey, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, Google Podcast. Anywhere that you get your podcast, you can subscribe to us and get the best Arizona State content Monday through Friday. Be sure to follow me and Connor on Twitter at RichieBrads36 at Cedrios and follow the Locked on Sun Devils page at LO underscore Sun Devils. For what it's worth, before we get out of here, be sure to look out for the Wednesday episode. We're going to have a guest on and we're very, very excited about this guest. We think that you guys are going to love it. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Betting on college football doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.